cases. Hey, Bron. Happy day. <laughs> Happy day. I didn't I say I was gonna try to start like starting off different, so I just started in like a wickedly high pitched. Hey, Bron. Yep. Which is different than the like usually somber. Hey, Bron. <laughs> mixing it up. 2020. Uh, here this, we come. This is us. <laughs> Which hasn't come back yet, by the way, which is very sad. Someday, there'll be off winter break, and I'll be able to get my... Oh, it's like... The show. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's going on? What's your update? I did my 2020 fridge pantry clean out. I've been seeing so much of that. I'm starting to think I should do that. It's... <laughs> I highly recommend it. It happened kind of spontaneously, mostly because I had to find something that was in the far reaches of the pantry. And like did you have in to the, like the furthest back it could be. And I took everything out to get to the thing for a recipe I, I was making. Uh and I found it, which was great. Good. It was because that's the worst when you're like, I need this one thing that is essential to this recipe. And you're like, damn, I'm out of soy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. It brings me like so much pain when yeah. that happens. So when I was going through, I realized that there were some things that were expired. And I was like, you know what? We're just doing it now. It's happening. While the sauce simmered, I cleared everything out and. It feels so nice to have that open space in uh, my both my fridge and my pantry now. Oh, um, yeah. Because there was there was like old barbecue sauce that I actually didn't remember the last time it was like when we opened it. Oh, but it wasn't moldy. But I was also like, "There's no way this could be good. This, is, this isn't great. I'm not doing. You don't want to chance that, yeah. So, um, that was nice to just like get that stuff cleared out. Where it's like you have an inch left in the bottle and you're like, what am I going to do with this? Right. This is not for You're not going to like throw it on a thing right there and then. So. Yeah. <laughs> so gone, garbaged, recycled, what have you. And uh, it feels great. That's and so awesome. The benefit that came from this was like a fun, because I did it on, it was like a weekend activity. I found a bunch of stuff that I didn't know I had. You know, when you pull things out from the back, you're like, ooh, oh. this cool, like, green curry. Now I'm going to use this as meal prep inspiration. So I kind of, like, mapped out cool stuff based that I want to make in the next week or two based on pantry items I discovered. I like that. That is a good – when you said fun and it was paired somewhere in the line of cleaning something out, I was a little apprehensive to that, but I see where you went with it, and that totally makes sense, especially for you. You know, it brings me joy. It does. <laughs> but I, I get that, because it is, it's like a reviving of the creative energy. Mm-hmm. It's a thing you might not pick up the next time you're at Trader Joe's, so to know it's there kind of, like, sparks the inspiration. Yeah, and sometimes it's nice just to, especially in the wintertime, I feel like you need to, like, jazz up your recipes a little bit, because sure. I feel like I'm making... Soup. Meat with oh. and soups all the time, yeah. But like meat and sauce. Yes, I feel bad capacity. because I feel like I've forced soup on Doug many times. More just because it's easy, and I'm like, I like this. But then by like day five, I'm like, I hate this. I am now <laughs> over like, it. I'm never going. I'm almost at that moment with one of my fave soups I've been making. <laughs> Is it and the I, kale and Tuscan bean? That one is still treasured in my heart. <laughs> um, 
No, it's this tomato soup recipe that I found that's, like, so easy to make, but it's so good. Ah. And I'm like, I don't want to get sick of tomato soup because it's a classic. Is that the one that you're sending me? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'll, I'll need that because I, I need a sub in for <laughs> one yeah. of mine. But that's the thing. When you make a big batch of something for, like, lunches or for dinners for the week, you're like, cool. So I just ate the same thing Every five day. days in a row. Well, and then I'm like, I should just freeze it. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to freeze it because then I'll never go back to it. And then it becomes, like, a whole thing in my head. I'm like, I'm not going to freeze it. I'm just going to continue to, like, shove this in my face. That actually, if you remember the things that you freeze or, like, figure out a way to remember that they exist in your freezer, like a, a magnet list right on <laughs> the fridge. This is like, in the freezer. By the way, you've got soup in here. Defrost it. That's a good it idea. It is handy when you're like in a pinch and don't want to do, do anything. anything. That's a good point. I just always am like, am I really going to go back to it if I don't just power through at this point? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's like anything. I just need to get used to doing it and someday it will stick. <laughs> someday. That's Just, always the goal. Yeah, you know, you'll get there. Yep. What about you? Well, as you know, 2019 was the year I think I got a little bit better at and more comfortable with cooking. And I'm so happy to hear all of those things. I really think, you know, when we started, what was it that I used? Sunbasket. Sunbasket. Thank you. And I was really confident that that was going to help. And I really now looking back and reflecting, I really think it did. I, oh yeah. You know, there was there are still ebbs and flows of when I really am not into it, but I am much more comfortable with cooking than I probably ever have been and I don't think I would have if I didn't do that for as long as I did. And I feel like those things cuz I used Blue Apron mm-hmm. and those were awesome because it helped bring me outside my comfort zone with like trying new recipes. Like I definitely loved cooking and had like familiarity with how to cook stuff. Right. But it was cool to like just be exposed to recipes I hadn't seen before. Something and because they walk you through all the steps, it's so great for a beginner. And everything is, like, pre-portioned. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. And, like, everything that I was not familiar with, like, we and were just talking about. And you hate grocery shopping, I so it's, like, the best. Shopping. I hate grocery shopping. It brings me no joy whatsoever to go grocery shopping. So, yeah, it was really helpful. And so I think last year 2019 I got much more comfortable with it I didn't I stopped using sun basket because I felt like I could like do it on my own and I did and you can and I can we saw that I could and so in the last year I've also done a few not a lot but like probably three to five full dinners so like at like apps sides main starch like a bread of some kind Mm -hmm. and I've done that usually with help but like it's been my plan to carry out everything start to finish and so this year what I'd really like to do is get better at timing because I realize that I'm either scrambling at some point in the making of the meal or I have way too much time between one thing to another in the Mm. making of the meal and I don't think that it's like it's a true challenge it is and I you know I've watched so many YouTubes where they like show you how to time things out and so I've tried like writing it down and saying when does this start so when does this end and when does that start so it all comes together at the same time and I'm not above like a rewarming of a thing for sure but I'd really like to get just better at that because yeah. it does stress me out unnecessarily and I think if I get better at it then it's it's one more thing I don't have to stress about like on top of everything else yeah two tips because this is still I've been working on this for a while yeah 
So it's going to be more than a year effort for me is what you're saying. <laughs> it depends. Potentially. Some of the things I, I think the reason I get all flabbergasted is because I'm making hard things uh, and new things. Mm-hmm. So that adds a, a layer of stress to that. So it's the thing that I learned out of many failures is start the practice of it mm-hmm. on the simple recipes that you know. Right. So you can be like, I'm one thing that helps is like the mise en place mm-hmm. of like preparing everything for every recipe I enjoy at that. the start. Yeah. So you have everything you need. So instead of being like, because that's the thing that will like Derail. F with the timing mm-hmm. is that all of a sudden you're like, I need to start this now, but you're like starting it by chopping the carrots. Right. Or when chopping, the carrots should have been in. They should have, you just dump them. Right. And so that thing will kind of throw off timing. So if you have everything for all your recipes prepped before you start cooking the first thing, it makes it so much easier to be like, okay, 20 minutes into this. Is when I add a thing. Yeah. And I truly pay attention to when I'm making recipes. I love the recommendation of like prep time, mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Yep. So if I, and then cook time, 30 minutes, or like the whole recipe in total will take an hour and 20. Mm-hmm. I'll like balance that out with hmm. whatever the other thing. So I'm like, this is, this whole thing's going to take an hour and 20 minutes. So and I know that my potatoes are going to take, I should put them in the oven at the 30-minute mark. That's a good point because I always look at that more for my own information versus utilizing it in that way. Yeah. Like I'm aware of how much time a thing will take, but I don't use it to line up with all the other things. So that's a good tip. Start That's there. good. Yeah. No, I like that. It makes me more aware of all that is involved with the recipe too and the recipes plural. Um but that's a that's a really good tip. So I'm going to utilize that and, and hit uh, us back with the with the results. Yeah, I mean it'll probably be a minute because you know I don't cook full meals all that often. <laughs> it's usually a special you know, we'll occasion. Or well, if you want me to just make you a whole meal, I can do that. You're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I no, host me someday, someday. Still got to see that apartment of yours. Hosting is somewhere in my future. <laughs> someday. I'm sweating. You show up. <laughs> it's totally fine. I get it. Oh, man. But that's my update. That's what I've got. Love it. That's what's going on. What are we talking today? I have been thinking a lot about brands, which is not necessarily uncommon for me because, you know, I, I tend to love a good buy. Mm-hmm. But I also was like, what am I loyal to? And it kind of got me going down this rabbit hole of why are we loyal to brands? What factors are in place to make us loyal to brands? How has that changed over time? And I just thought that it'd be fun to dig into that a little bit to say like, okay, why do we operate the way that we do? How much does marketing really have to do with it? Mm -hmm. And what brands are we loyal to? And maybe like a teensy bit of the why behind that. Um, And so I'm excited to talk about that today because it's just been, I think it's because, you know, we are now past the holidays. We are fully into the new year, but my credit card is still kind of in Christmas time as far as, (laughs) 
as far as the spending. They always stuff. say January, February is a tough time. It's a little bit of a Recovery. reboot moment for me. So I think that's what got me thinking about it because you know, like you've not only amped up all of the email marketing from before the holiday, but now you've got like the New Year sale emails coming through. So I've just been paying a lot of attention to not just the brands that I like, but the, the everything I get emails for. So it's just been on my mind. So I'm excited to talk about this today. It was really interesting to me. And so I hope it is interesting for everyone. (laughs) I love this too, though, because I think it's an interesting way. Like we all pay so close attention to this. And I think it's an important topic that uh, people are paying attention to for like a lot of different factors that didn't necessarily exist. Right. Many moons ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's do it. Let's get into it, Bron. What do we got? Well, (laughs) I feel like... There are so many reasons for people to be loyal to brands. Yes. And I'd love to dig into, like, what some of those things are and what some of those things are that I think are, like, ever-present in especially the things that we're seeing right now. Right. Um, And we've talked about this before. Like, quality is... 100%. At least for me, number one. Mm -hmm. I love this so much. I think um, being transparent about a business practice or... um, how things are made is and just like knowing the story behind it and knowing that it's a quality fabric like i pay so much more attention to the label on a thing mm-hmm. and like is this a hundred percent whatever that's a good call I and like don't well tailored <laughs> items yes. are also something that i pay attention to and i think especially i like this is kind of uh, bleeding into another thing of like thinking about sustainability like I also think about I want to buy a quality product that I know will also like not tear up and be destroyed and is some like like why did I waste my money like some terrible fabric that I'm going to throw into a landfill and it's going to live there forever mm-hmm. like that feels gross and I think people are super present in that and mm-hmm. it's like I want something that I'm going to buy I'm going to pay a decent price for it and know that it's going to last me for hopefully 10 years. At that's least. That's the goal. Yeah, that's what I go for minimum. now. My, my, my standard now is a 10-year lifespan at a minimum. Love it. Which feels like a lot. But honestly, some of the stuff I've had, I've had for that long. And to Whether know, if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> and to know that there are so many brands that stand behind the, the thing that they create and produce, that they're like, there's a 100% like full price guarantee on this like we'll replace your items we'll we'll fix your items we know that we've created something great like what patagonia does love that um i think that that's a really big deal yeah um i also love the idea of an employee-owned company Mm -hmm. not the idea of it the actuality actual Actual employee-owned companies (laughs) um i think that business i pay a lot of attention to um this one podcast, NPR, How I Built This. Ooh, love it. And I feel like some of the most successful companies are the ones that have chosen to s- stick to we're employee-owned or we've yet to, like, you know, when you don't have to have investors, like, we're 100% family-owned. Yeah. I think that that's just, like, there's something special about being able to support something um, where there's potentially, like, employee buybacks and – you can buy into the company. Mm-hmm. There's so much value in providing that to your employees too as a benefit. Yep. And I think one company that has been doing that really well has been Bob's Red Mill. Yeah. Yep. 
high quality. Well, and you think about it, I mean, how much harder are you going to work when you know it's like your profit is on the line? It's not just like oh, some yeah. person that you work for. It's you you put your money into this company. And so whatever you're putting into it is your bottom line. Yeah. And you as an employee are standing behind this brand. Right. Right. I love that practice. I mean, it goes back to the, the way I feel about most things, which is if you treat your employees well, your customers will get great service because your employees feel heard and supported. And what a great way to do that is to provide them an opportunity to be part owners of the thing that they're building. And so I think that's a fantastic practice. For show. For show. A lot of brands have been shifting to a strong commitment to giving back to their communities mm-hmm. or standing for an important cause related to their brand or that's like a sister to their brand. Yep. And that to me seems like the most relevant and especially like thinking about Gen Z, this is something that's like actually number one on their list yep. so as we start to think about like we're now aging out as millennials <laughs> are we i mean everybody keeps freaking talking about us because for whatever reason i'm trying to pay closer attention to like what are the things that i need to consider for the way that we're now going to be talking about the world because i'm now being pushed out yeah like you are no longer no the, longer hot, the hot ticket <laughs> So, I don't think we were ever the hot ticket. We were the, like, problem-managed people child. <laughs> people pe- People paid attention. You're right. They gave us some, Maybe they some great <laughs> advice, apparently. They talked about us. Yeah. So that being the case, sustainability and commitment to charity, giving back, supporting a cause, so huge and relevant now. Totes agree. Um, I think one of the stories that I loved the most was Patagonia funding the national parks when our president was like was saying some not so great things we're gonna take some of this land back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for some garbage activities yep throwing out some personal uh personal (laughs) opinions here that is a-okay um so thinking about the sustainability piece of it too i think um that is something that is ever present is like how are companies carbon offset Mm -hmm. or neutrality like figuring out a system where they're like we can either establish a no waste process from beginning to end which is like amazing um but also like here's how we can commit to sustainable practices as a whole and i think even um i read an article recently about how JetBlue. yes i just saw that today is moving toward that um, but I also have a personal story associated with this. I love a personal story. <laughs> I recently ordered a pair of boots from Nisolo, which you're aware of. I am so, I mean, I love the boots, and but I have a personal vendetta against Nisolo because they don't make my size shoe. <laughs> Which which we won't share. I have a large foot. <laughs> and I would appreciate if people just accommodated me. <laughs> anyway, your Step story. Step it up. Step it up, guys. Uh, well, besides that, <laughs> um, so I received them and I was very excited because it was a purchase that I was looking forward to, something I've been hunting for for a while and finally found something that fit the needs that I had. Mm-hmm. So open the box and find a lovely note that paired my per- paired with my purchase, noting that these boots provided a living wage to their producers in the Peruvian, Peruvian factory where they were made which to read that was like 
I knew that going mm-hmm. in. Like it's on their it's website, on the website in right, like right. A, an appropriately subtle way, yeah. but also known. <laughs> um, and I think the fact that they call it out in an appropriate way on their website where like when you're making the purchase, it's like part of the story of the process that you're going through of deciding like this is a thing that I want to purchase. Because I think also thinking about like we're taking time and energy as consumers to review things and it's important for you to know like here are the things that are important and here are the things that we're doing as a business mm-hmm. read all the reviews all all of the things but then to actually have a handwritten postcard that reiterated that mm-hmm. when I actually got the process was such a lovely touch and just made me feel that much happier that that's like something that the brand is committed to and right. to know that like and it's not a, just one place it's multiple places yeah and just like a small factor of like these are things that I think make a huge difference of like it this kind of like feeds into the marketing conversation of like yeah. just the ways that people are making choices about how they communicate about the causes that they support but I think that's something that's actually very relevant and important and necessary for sure it's not just a oh this is a nice to have it's like again going to gen z it's like this is a must-have or else i'm not supporting your brand a thousand percent and that's i think you know i fully agree with figuring out like who is your consumer and like what do they care about and who are they and that's like marketing 101 is drawing that persona and giving them an identity and i'm a consumer at my core and i feel like if you're not thinking about how to connect with the people that not only you say you want to connect with but like do you know them do you know what they're into do you know beyond the mission that you bring to the table as an organization and what product or service you're providing to whoever like what do you care about Mm -hmm. and like how are you sharing that with your audience and that will weed out a lot of people you know like that's not going to appeal to everybody it won't matter to a lot of people but the people it does matter to they will be forever loyal to you because you've taken that extra time to do all of that stuff and I just really appreciate that Mm -hmm. so it's nice that Nisolo did the like doubling down on sharing that information for sure knowing that it mattered um, for me, consistency is what I think about a lot when it comes to staying loyal to a brand. I want oh, to know, sure. you know, like, it's not just that they hit it out of the park once, it's that they hit it out of the park every single time. And it's, you know, whether that's one time a year or five times a year or 30 times a year, like, I want to know that I'm getting the same thing from them every single time and you only know that obviously if you buy from them on a fairly like regular basis or if you know people that buy from them but i think the same thing about food like i'm loyal to restaurants that give me quality every single time and i've gotten a tooch more picky (laughs) in where i spend my money when it comes to like restaurants and bars because I'm like I know what I'm looking for and I know how much money I have to spend and I know that I don't want to spend it on poor quality poor service poor anything you know so I just think about that consistency being super important and are they adding like value to my life if I'm taking again the time to do it am I getting a value add back and how am I feeling about that value add Um, another factor I think about a lot is customer service. Mm -hmm. So like you talked about, how do they communicate with you? How often are they communicating with you? Are they soliciting feedback? If there are problems, how are they solved? How are they tackled? Like 
all of these things that, again, I think... I want to talk to a person. <laughs> I want to talk to a person. And I like, and that might be, you know, a lot to ask, which apparently these days it's a lot to ask. But I've also had really good experiences with companies that have great customer service, mm-hmm. that even if it's an email, it at least is very seemingly a human on the other end of that yeah. email. And if you're covering it up that it's not, then like, yay you, you figured it out. <laughs> Because it seems like it's a person that I'm talking to. But I think that goes back to the employee situation is if your employees are well taken care of, then you will have great customer service because they will care about the end goal. Um, And I just think that that has gotten kind of like lost in the shuffle at some point because, you know, we've kind of seen, I don't know if you saw all the stuff about Away, the company, the the mm-hmm. luggage company, and that their um, one of their founders had to step down because of the way that their employees were being treated. It was a whole thing. It's on Vulture mm-hmm. did a lot of reporting about it. Um, but it's one of those things where you're just like, wow, like it can crash so quickly because that's one of those brands that like took off because it was well branded. Mm-hmm. It, they were talking to an audience and the audience was buying. I bought it. <laughs> I was it. I was all about it. But then you see something like that and you're like, that can be such a hit to your organization because now everybody knows that your employees aren't getting what they need. Um, and again, that like just completely then factors back into the customer service. Yeah. And I think the process of purchasing something is full circle like in order to create a repeat customer you have to think about like okay if if i'm seeking feedback at the end of this purchase let me make sure or like in the beginning of this person purchase someone's asking me a question like that's a touch point where you either make a customer or Or you don't make a customer right and there's so many areas where like customer service fits in to that spoke that it has to be part of the brand as a whole. Right. Of like, we, this is where we care about people. And I, I've always said too that I think in order to do great work, you have to understand what it's like to be a customer service employee. Absolutely. In some capacity. I think working in food service is a really great way to get like exposed 100%. to what that world is like. Yep. In, in a, <laughs> it requires you to be kind. <laughs> and patient and and i think as consumers it also goes uh both ways where like thinking about this is their job they've talked to like 70 other people like me in the last five minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) true smile and ask for their help and they'll they'll be willing to to do what they need to do to make my day well and it's it's so interesting because it's a certain type of person that is really good at customer service right but it has to come from the top the mentality around the importance of customer service needs to come from the top so that requires training of individuals to make them feel like they matter enough to spread the joy that they're hopefully feeling more days than not to the person that they're talking to on the other end of that email, on the other end of that call, across the counter, whatever it is, there needs to be some intention behind that. It doesn't just happen. It's not magic. There Mm -hmm. aren't a lot of people that are naturally good at customer service, especially after a very long day of not nice people. You got to have something in your back pocket to lift those people back up or you're going to have a problem. For sure. So I also think about... Um, something that I, I don't think about as often because this is what a lot of the organizations and companies that I really enjoy do very well is like the ease of use. And oh, yeah. 
can I access it or use it without thinking? Like, am I, and I think about this in terms of like the services that we use on a regular basis, which we'll get to in a little bit, but like, how easy is it for me to use it? How much is it not annoyingly popping up in my face, but just enough (laughs) where I use it and I don't think about using it Mm -hmm. and I'm spending without thinking about spending, which is, you know, (laughs) not good. Horrifying. (laughs) But But makes the world go round. But is a a thing that good brands have figured out a way to do is like make it easy for me to get to the end goal here. Don't make me put in all of my information 30 times over. The companies I buy from the most often fully have all my stuff saved. So all I have to do is click a button and I'm done. (laughs) I will say also Apple Pay. Is it great? Love it. Never used it. I hear it's good, though. Huge fan. I hear that it's great. Problematic for uh, phone shopping. Sure. (laughs) Totally makes sense. Which I think leads nicely into our marketing (laughs) tactics. Yes. It's part portion of this conversation. And I love this part of the conversation. I have never, I was not a marketing major. I was a PR major. But I love marketing. I think when it's done really well, it's very exciting to think you, about. You are a true consumer. I am a true consumer. Like if anyone wants like sit in a focus group. Ask me because I love it. I live for it. And I think when people say that like marketing is invisible, it's like that's because people are really good at it. It's it's you don't even see it working because it's working so well. And oh, I yeah. hate when people dog marketing or marketing people because I'm like they're geniuses. They're creative, they're executors, they're hard workers, and when it's working, you're like it is magic, but someone's behind all of that magic and you just don't see it. Oh yeah. Which is your own problem. <laughs> so anyway, marketing tactics. What do we look for? <laughs> <laughs> I think um for me at least it's a, a little bit less about like flashing here is what's great about us Mm -hmm. and i want a narrative tell me a story yeah explain you love a story i love a story (laughs) i want to watch a four minute dialogue of (laughs) how a puppy inspired your brand (laughs) i want it no i'm just kidding um but seriously (laughs) but truly the narrative piece or the story behind why you do what you do whether it's creating your products with high quality fabrics or how you chose to support XYZ charity. And when it's seamless and genuine, that's the thing that strengthens that connection to the brand. Mm -hmm. And I think the storytelling piece is something that's become inherent in marketing that is, and especially advertising too, in the ways that we're engaging with brands through social media and so many different ways. For sure. Um, But I think that that's important as far as the way to communicate all of the things that we just talked about the last several minutes um, is making it a story rather than here are five bullet points about cool stuff we do. Right, right. Because that's the only way you're going to touch the hearts and minds of yeah. the people you want to reach out to. And if you have a great like leader, co-founder, founder story tell it i am all in right i want to see the girl power i want to see the friendship i want Mm -hmm. to see the relationship in action i'll i eat that stuff i want to see how products are made right right but you know what's so funny is and again we'll share some of our you know the stuff that we're really loyal to i'll say i have no idea who the founders are of the brands that i'm really into but i know i've gotten i've gotten emails from them (laughs) And I appreciate those emails, but I more look at like 
well, you talk about the the quality, the mm-hmm. consistency, the sustainability factor. But that's really funny because I do love a founder story. And some brands that I really enjoy, I know their founder story. But the ones that I mentioned here, none. Nope. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> but it is a really important part of someone's story, especially when it's like I'm buying your product. It's a little bit more expensive than I usually spend on a thing. Like, tell me about yourself. Court me. <laughs> do it. I want to know you. <laughs> I want to get to know you. It's like, what did they say back? I think this started in the 90s of like, we're not a company. We're a person. <laughs> and you're like, I get it. I see what you're doing there. Companies are people too. <laughs> just made up of a lot more people than just the one. <laughs> um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't click on a lot of Instagram ads. Like a lot. I click on almost all of them. I'm glad they're working for you. They work. But now that they're listening to us, I'm getting served better ads. That's the thing is everybody's getting smarter. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm keeping it cool. And I think what I've figured out is that I click on a lot of ads to see like, oh, what's catching my eye? What do I need? What am I looking at? And they're eating up all of my data, which is fine. But and they're serving me even more ads based on that stuff. But what I've found is that I end up going back to the brands that I'm already loyal to to see if they have the thing that another company <gasps> oh. served me before I go and buy it from a different company. Because I am so, so, so insanely loyal, loyal <laughs> to those brands. And that's what I found is like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like that. Look at that dress. I'm enjoying this. And like, yada, yada. And then I like, oh, this I buyer's fully... journey that you're going on is so interesting to my brain. And that's why my phone is directly in front of my face so much of the time. Because I'm going on a journey. <laughs> and someone <laughs> needs to take me there. <laughs> but like, truly, how does this brand track how, how they initially got your attention? Seriously. And it's so interesting. And I, and I, I'm not equipped enough to like get into the back end of it. I'm sure there are people out there listening that have all of that information like directly at hand. But again, dream consumer. I am. And I'll tell you everything you want to know. Like if you ask me questions, I'll be very honest. But that's what it's like. So Instagram ads is a, a great marketing tactic. But be aware that sometimes they will drive your consumer back to the place that they always go mm-hmm. because they're going to be like price check. They're smart. Consumers are smart these days. They're going to be like price comparing price quality comparing, comparing reading reviews oh yeah i read so many more reviews than i've ever read ever in my life my ever it helps so much the informed consumer mm-hmm. this and is then what responses from the brand yes two questions that people ask like that to me is the ultimate for sure for sure uh the other thing is a well-planned and well-designed email huge i love it um just like the story if the story is being told and if it's meeting me where I am in my inbox, but it looks like a magazine that I love, then I'm I'm usually at least getting, because they, they'll do the click through. So they'll see that I'm already, I'm going all the way to the page. And more times than not, I'm adding something to the cart, but I've gotten really good at abandoning at that point. So then I they double down and I get even more, which is fine. But... The scariest thing is the, you left some things in your cart. Oh, I hate that. I hate it so much. And I'm I'm like, like, I know. I did. And that was on purpose. (laughs) Not ready for you yet. Exactly. But Food 52, there was, um, I think it was either a How I Built This or another podcast that had the founders of Food 52 on. And they talked about how their emails intentionally look like magazine um, layouts because they want them to not only 
look beautiful, but they want them to tell a story. They want them to be enticing. And what's the action item like to go and click through to find a thing. But I really enjoyed that because it wasn't like screaming in your face, buy this thing. It's like, this is how you use this thing to enhance your cooking world and to make better food for your family who you love. (laughs) I'm like, I do want all those things. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I just really appreciate that. I appreciate the thought and, and everything that goes into um, making beautiful things stick to the people that they want them to stick to. I think uh, what's interesting too is like it has to work for your brand because that reminds me of a Cook's Illustrated newsletter that I sign up for and they share recipe recommendations. It's like a themed like we're talking about X topic and then they'll give you the recipes and then they'll talk about like some cooking techniques that you should know and then at the bottom they have uh, links to the tools that you will need. Yep. And it's based on their, because they do a lot of um, product testing to mm-hmm. determine like what's the best version of a thing. And so it's like affiliate links that obviously out to like brands that they're are working repping with. with right. Uh, or repping. And to me, it's just such a smart way. You're like, here are the things that we're sharing with you that you should cook and also the tools that you'll need to get it done. And I cannot tell you, again, like super customer moment of like, oh, I don't have this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately buying this thing and like ports me over to Amazon and done. it's there in my, in my home in two days. One click and you're it's over. And I just find that to be like such a smart way that makes sense for the way that their brand exists right. and ties back to the great content that they have that's like, the story that they're telling is like, we want people to subscribe to our magazine where you get all this rich content. Right. But if you're just going to subscribe to the newsletter, here are a handful of recipes, then all the things that you need to make those recipes and we're and, like, and just keep going. Yeah. And I feel like it's not even, it's not tricking you, you know, like it's not like telling you that you're a stupid consumer because you've bought into a thing that they've served you. Call I, me at the right time. I think they're truly providing a service and then it's up to that person whether they need those items or not, but they've made it really easy for you to get to them, mm-hmm. which I think is a more, and this might be naive, but I think that's more helpful than hurtful. If you have any kind of like, and I don't usually, willpower to say like, you know what, I probably don't need that right now, but it's good to have, a, you know, I know now what it is and that I might need it in the future. Yeah, bookmark it. Right. Save it for later. Exactly. Wish list. <laughs> Wish list it. But to know that it's there and to make it easy for me to get to it is key. Uh, the last one is pretty straightforward. The word of mouth. I feel like it's king. King. Continues to be. And I think it's spread to social media. And when it's done authentically in social media land, I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So, like, if it's someone I trust in person or online, then I'm much more likely to, like, just figure out if it's something that I need or not. And I, I almost even am fine with the paid promo. Like, a lot of the people that I know and love that support things on social media. Toss me a referral link. Oh, yeah. it's And it's paid. I will happily support support you i am not trying to like take over anybody's income like if that's where you're getting your income then more power to you but if i trust you and i like you and i at least know you or feel like i know you through the internet then that 
counts as word of mouth for me and it still it still works yeah and i actually some of the best things that i've found have been direct recommendations from friends mm-hmm. people at work people i know family members where they're like i think you would like this thing or yep. have you heard of this brand um and knowing that someone that you trust has given a blessing on this thing is an automatic win and i i truly feel like word of mouth will never die i and it can't it won't because because you will always take the word of your closest friend over anything else right exactly trust trust and trust is huge and i think that you know i've gotten so much from you i feel like we share a lot of information so how are we doing that consistently authentically honestly in ways that kind of help the people around us and that that goes from everything from a product to a nonprofit that we support to a service uh, that we utilize on a regular basis. Like it just counts for everything. And I just think that you're right. It will never go away. Not ever. Um, the last thing we want to talk about today is the product service slash local brands that we are loyal to and why. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Uh, no surprise here. I've talked about it a lot. If you've seen me in pictures, you know I wear glasses. Warby Parker came to me in a time of need. <laughs> I was newly blessed with poor eyesight. Yep. yep. <laughs> Had to wear glasses. Uh, never, I could never find a pair that fit my face, and it was infuriating. And the ones that I did like were like $600. Yep. And I was like, why are these things so expensive? And I was like 21 years old. And you had to go to a place to try them on, which is just so annoying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, the whole process was just not great, and I never found glasses that really fit my face well um, and were affordable when I was like literally right out of college and had $20 in my bank account. Mm-hmm. True story. Uh, so what I loved about Warby Parker was discovering them the first time and knowing that I could do the home try-on kit. Yep. I could continue to do the home try-on kit if that those five pairs didn't work for me. Um, but they make their products access- accessible. Nothing's expensive. Everything's under $100 depending on, you know, the level of lens you need. Sure. Um, but everything is this direct consumer method. They were one of the first ones on the market. Yep. And they've just removed so many layers of complicated processes that just like were infuriating to me as a consumer and they fixed it. Right. And I will never stop being loyal to their brand for that reason. That's a big, big share. Seven pairs. And they just came out with their new Contacts. line. Well, yes, contact. Oh. I don't wear contacts. Right. <laughs> but if I decided I wanted to, maybe I'd jump on that train. But they just launched their spring 2020 Ooh. pairs. Already, I'm, I'm ready to re-up. Wow. Add eight. I like it. I even have prescription sunglasses, which I highly recommend. I've heard that they are helpful. Game changer. Yeah. I love it. That's a good one. I also love uh, Kuyana. How do we say it? Kuyana. That's, Kuyana. that's how I say it. That's how I thought you said it. So I just wanted to make sure that I was not saying it like a doof. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> First time saying it out loud <laughs> to, to the queen speaking audience. Um, I This one lands in its own special category. Um, I have a few items from their shop. Yeah. Um, but they are some of my b- most beloved items. Um, they make simple and most lovely brandless mm-hmm. like 
and where their brand is mentioned, it's like very small, very small, hidden and in gold lettering, particularly on their uh, uh, bag. Oh, yeah. Bags, their totes and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but their items are so quality. Yes. I have an alpaca uh, lovely robe that I adore. It's very I, cozy. I recently purchased their classic structure tote mm. as my work bag, and it is perfect. <laughs> Does not fail. As well as a clutch, because I needed a little, uh, a small bag to accompany my big bag. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> and I'm all about that. I feel like... You know, the, the brands that you're loyal to don't have to be the ones that you buy every single thing from. But, this... but it's when you know what you're looking for and you know you want, you, you know, you got a little bit more to spend and you're looking for a high quality item, you know where you're going. It exists in a, this is a quality piece that I know will last for a lifetime. Yes, exactly. And we've talked about that. It's Love it so much. Um, and finally, on my part, uh, Bon Appetit. Yes. They are a content machine. They are. Um, as we know, I love food. Um, but I'm particularly inspired by their storytelling mm-hmm. and how they really do a great job of diving into the culture and the people behind a lot of the recipes that they feature or the regions that they're talking about in their magazine. Um, I also love the way that they've used Instagram and YouTube to build a larger audience Mm -hmm. um, and fan base and highlight the personalities of uh, each of their staff members. Um, Yeah. Molly. No, I was just about to like shout out my faves, but Molly is my fave. Carla's mine. And also love (laughs) uh, a Claire Saffitz. Do love a Claire Saffitz. Love them all, but they're my faves. Chris actually lands pretty high up on my list as well. Chris Morocco. (laughs) So, but they've allowed us to get at. to know them we in know a way them. that we know all of their names. Yes. And <laughs> follow them. them on Instagram. Yes. Huge fans. But that's a great one because I think it is a thing that might not come to mind as often when it comes to the brand conversation because I'm not for personally, I'm not buying their magazine subscriber. Really ever. You're you're a subscriber. I am not. I follow their Instagram, I follow their YouTube. I am fully obsessed with them, but I have yet to really buy from them, which I think is kind of interesting. I use, I am constantly making their recipes. I utilize their online, digital, everything. And they make everything accessible. Oh yeah, for sure. Intentionally. And I learned that more through their YouTube and through their like letters They're They just released the sustainability update that they're doing, how they're trying to make their test kitchen more sustainable and like get up with the times. But just to say that like, I am fully committed to that brand without having bought a thing from them, but I utilize their stuff all the time. Now at some point, yes, I probably will buy a thing from them, but I think there's a way you can love and be loyal to a brand without having to always buy all the stuff. Product, service, and local. Because um, this episode has gone on a little longer than we usually do, but this is just like one of our favorite topics. For sure. (laughs) So so thank you for sticking with us. Um, Okay, so for me, product, if anybody knows me, I am fully obsessed with Everlane. The, it's again, like not small, but it's just very streamlined, minimal clothes. And as soon as I figured out that that is very much my style, Everlane became a go-to for me because it's affordable, 
for what I'm looking for. Um, but they also, like you talked about with Nizolo, talk about the story of like how and where their clothes are made and who makes them. Um, and they're also committed to sustainable shipping practices. They, I get emails from them like probably at least once a quarter on how they've updated their sustainability practices and it's really nice and it makes me feel part of the process with them and it makes me understand like why they're doing what they're doing um and with everlane like i buy everything i have pants i have jeans i have shirts i have sweaters i have it all and it's because there's no like screamy brand all over it it's just like very straightforward and very easy and it goes from work to out of work and all of it and there, it's nice, too, because it's just, like, minimal, basics, classic things that work with everything, and neutrals. Exactly. Like, it just works. Yeah, every time. I love it. Um, the other product that I'll mention, and this is among probably a number that I am committed to, but these really stood out to me, is Ole Henriksen, the skincare line. I have just added a new product to my regimen. There, um, it's this gel cream that they. I don't think it's brand new, but it's newish. But I use all my night creams from there, all my day creams. Everything is from there, and I think it's because it just works. It just. And I'm not a person that wants to try a lot of skincare products. I've never been that person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take the time to do it, so I won't. Well, when it comes to skincare, this is. Your face. It's who you show the world. So once you find something that works for you, you got to stick with it. Stick in with it. And it's it's like as soon as one of the things worked for me, I'm like, okay. And I saw the difference, right? So like I I didn't just like know it was working. I could like see things change on my face. So that's another brand that I'm like fully, as far as a product goes, that I am like fully committed to. For services, I was thinking about this and I was like, what's a service that I use? Because when I was thinking about this topic to begin with, I was like, Products are a thing. Services are a thing. Local is a thing. But I was really struggling with the service part. But then I came up with a few. So the Nike training app that I've talked about a lot, it's free. It's easy. And it's like a weird way that keeps me accountable because there's also like achievements that I get. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It tells me about. So it like keeps me coming back. And I rely on it. Rewards and gratification. Exactly. It matters when you're trying to get fit. It does. And I just, I've come to rely on it because I don't go, I go to a gym that's in the building I live in. And so it's not like I'm going to a class. So I need that as my like trainer essentially like it has served as my guide for getting strong and changing the way that I want to change and all that good stuff so super committed to the Nike training club app Spotify Mm -hmm. sleeper hit of my life I listen to Spotify every day multiple hours a day I listen to it all the time I fully take advantage of my subscription to it I love it more than anything it's just one of those things where I'm like, gosh, where would I be without Spotify? <laughs> so it's interesting. I moved to Apple mm-hmm. and to like Apple Music. And I think about Spotify so much. Really? Because Apple Music does not provide what Spotify provides. So I'm shocked face right now. As a super fan, as you, you say that you're a super fan, I'm like, I miss it so much. I'm ready to like go back go back wow that's not a testament for sure but everything else in my world exists in like apple Apple land land. so it's hard to justify another you know ten dollar a month subscription fee when we're trying to like cut back on things 
but I will always and forever be a Spotify fan because what they do and what they've created, especially for someone like me in the world of music, yeah, I think by creating playlists and daily mixes and exposing you to music that you never would have listened to. I found so many artists I never would have discovered. Same as. So they've... And they do it well. They do it well. And they've added value. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they've added so much value to my life. Um, And the last service, I've kind of like lumped them together, but newsletters that we both follow, The Skim and Broadsheet. Mm -hmm. I should also mention... Crooked Media, the podcast company or the media company that I listen to, a lot of their podcasts, like those services I've come to fully rely on because they inform like me every single day. They keep me up to date on what's happening in the world around me. It's provided me an opportunity to be part of conversations that I can't say that I'd necessarily be part of if I didn't have those tools that I read or listen to literally on the daily. And to provide you something on a daily basis that is digestible and accessible for the way that you live your life, I think, like, from a a mission standpoint of, like, how they approach the way that they provide content is so valuable. Yeah. They meet me where I am, in my inbox, on my computer. (laughs) Where you are every day. Exactly. On my phone, where I am. And, again, they provide me things that I need. Um, So those are the services. And just to, like, touch on local before we... Because we can't not. Because we can't not. Because local is life. Local is life. Local is what moves us in this world. Supporting our local stores. So I had to start. So you all know that we have a very strong outline that we use as we, you know, go through our process here. I had so many things on my local list that I was like, I can't possibly name them all. But if you want to know, I will tell you at a later date but just send it an email seriously i'll send them all to you because it was getting really lengthy but stores restaurants liquor stores community events services nonprofits, get return trips and support from me because they do all the things that we're talking about that all these big ass brands do it's hands down local is the way to go particularly as it relates to things that are consumable on a uh, on a daily basis. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And we love supporting, supporting this community because they're consistent. Mm-hmm. Their customer service is fantastic because we see them and we know them and we trust them. And it's all of the makings of great brands that we have at our disposal right in our own local community. And that's why we should support them. I wholeheartedly agree. And in in my heart of hearts... Being able to give back to our community in that way is just knowing that there's ways for them as people who are choosing to enrich our community by opening small businesses and then us being able to give back and support those businesses. That's like a cycle I want to continue to support as best I can. thousand percent. And I can't tell you like the warmth I feel in my being when I go to a place that I know I'm going to find something that I love, whether that be a piece of clothing or a great meal or like fancy beverage, being able to say hello to the person that started that place. Knowing the founder. Yes. And like not in a like bougie way, but in a like acknowledgement of like we're part of this community together i'm here to support you because i love what you're doing want your story exactly want to hear how you got here it's so beautiful it is and i love it so i think like at the end of the day as much as i love 
brands. I'm, again, huge consumer to my very core. I think what we both have very much in common is that, like, at the end of the day, the local brands and the local everything is, like, where our hearts are, in addition to some of these other products that we also just really love. (laughs) Consumers. That's who we are. Just through and through. That's why this episode is so long because we're just so like, hope you guys huge love it. On consumerism. Want to hear from all of you too? Uh, what makes you? What's important to you from a brand perspective? Who you support? Why you support them? Keep the convo going. Yes, please. At Queen underscore speaking on Instagram. Yes. Love y'all. Love ya. Shall we break? Let's break.